Welcome to America Uncanceled. I'm Matt Schlapp here with Mercedes. Uh, last week, as we all know, a Chinese spy balloon entered American airspace. And what did the Biden administration do about it? Well, they're still trying to formulate a proper response. After allowing the balloon to traverse the entirety of the country, Biden's military, our military, finally shot it down. However, it's difficult to see how the U.S. got more out of this than China. What was behind this drone? What did China learn from the drone? How has this damaged this already fraught relationship with who many of us believe to be our enemy, the regime in China? Uh, when we talk about anything uh, that has to do with Asia and the da dangerous neighborhood around China, our first call is always to uh, CPAC board member Gordon Chang, uh, who's here with us today to talk about this incident and what it means going forward with this problematic situation uh, with the Beijing regime. Uh, Gordon, thanks for joining us on CPAC now. Thanks, Matt, and Mercy. So, Gordon, let me ask you, I think one of the uh, tweets you put out that really caught my eye, uh, basically you said, the world has never been closer to a nuclear exchange than now. The Chinese spy balloon was surveilling America's strategic assets at Malmstrom, Effie Warren, um, and all these other places here. And it is possible that China's military was obtaining information for a nuke first strike. I mean, this, I believe, is, is the biggest news story right now. Tell us why you think that this is a, 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 a very uh, difficult point that we have reached in terms of our relationship with China. Because of Biden's catastrophic policies, starting with the fall of Afghanistan, it, the Chinese do not respect the United States. They don't believe that we can deter them. Uh, and so therefore, it's a very dangerous mentality in China. We don't know exactly why they uh, embarked on such a brazen um, uh, surveillance of the United States, but none of the explanations are good. Either Xi Jinping wanted to humiliate the U.S. to say that we're not capable of defending ourselves so that the rest of the world should ditch the U.S. and obey China, or it's possible the Chinese military now is so politically powerful they could do what they want. But in either case, um, it shows that China wants to go to war. Now, when we go back to 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis, or 1961, the Checkpoint Charlie Crisis, people say, well, those, those were more dangerous. But actually, they weren't. And the reason is we now have seen the Soviet archives, and we know that Khrushchev did not want to use nuclear weapons. He absolutely refused to do so. And we also know, of course, that Kennedy did not want to use them. But we don't know that about Xi Jinping. We don't know that about the Chinese military. This is an emboldened group. They're taking their cues from Vladimir Putin, who threatens the use of nukes. So this is, I believe, the most dangerous moment in history. So uh, we always worry about the two-front war. And does the American military have the capabilities to hold off an enemy in one part of the globe and another part of the globe? Rarely, when you talk about this strategy of the concern over a two-front war, are you also talking about a two-front triggered nuclear exchange? So this is something we have to spend a little time on. A lot of people believe that uh, America is just kind of in an ignorant fashion, just tripping along into a, brighter, uh, a broader European conflagration because of what's going on between Putin and Ukraine, including the use of nuclear weapons. But you believe this also could be happening with the relationship in China. Like, as you said, we have been here before. 
We haven't been here before because we have both China and Russia forming a durable partnership. A, a Chinese vice foreign minister was in Moscow last week, and the words that came out of that meetings, the meetings he had, showed that China and Russia are closer together. We know from recent reporting that China's been supplying military assistance to the Russians, despite warnings from the Biden administration. And it could be the two-front war. The Russians in Ukraine, the Chinese in India or Taiwan or Japan, the Philippines, we don't know. And we can also speculate that if China does make a move against some neighbor or against the U.S., that probably North Korea will do something with regard to South Korea. So this is a uh, this is a situation where the U.S. military just does not have the capability to deal with all of these attacks at the same time. And by the way, the Chinese know that. Well, and the Chinese military capability is actually uh, becoming almost more advanced than the United States. It sounds it almost feels that the our military, sadly, with the leadership that we have right now, is most more focused on diversity and misgendering. So it took days for the American military to take this this balloon down. Everyone was wondering why so long. Why do you think the American military uh, hesitated? That's a great question, and and that raises a critical issue. We know that this balloon entered territorial U.S. airspace on January 28th in the Aleutians. It then traveled across the Alaskan landmass and down Western Canada. And Biden was not told, he says, until Tuesday, which is the fourth day of the incursion. Now, he should have been briefed by the military before this balloon entered the U.S. because NORAD uh, could see this coming um, well before then. And that meant that while, you know, this we could have taken this balloon down over Alaska or Canada, those are uninhabited areas. Um, Apparently, Biden was only briefed when it entered the lower 48 states, where um, obviously there's more population. So um, in the sense that the, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Secretary of Defense advised against shooting this down, it meant that the Chinese then sailed over our most sensitive military sites, those bases that you just read off. Right. And, and that indicates that this is a terrible situation for us. Um, so the question is, why didn't the military brief Biden? And it shows that there are really important, very serious problems in the Pentagon itself. So you tweeted out, Gordon, the Chinese spy balloon incident reveals a serious deficiency in NORAD's rules of engagement, which did not permit a shoot down of a hostile craft when it first entered territorial U.S. airspace. We see this at the border um, where the Biden administration uh, doesn't care about security questions around the border. Now we see the Biden administration doesn't care about uh, legitimate concerns about U.S. airspace. Um, what is your hunch? Like, I know that you're giving us the facts, but is your hunch that the, the administration's lying to us about when Biden heard about it, just like he lied about having top secret documents in his Corvette and all these other questions? Or is it that Joe Biden is the type of president that you can't brief at all times because maybe he's not all there at all times or he, you know, they can't wake him up at three o'clock in the morning like they could have with President Trump or pre previous presidents. What is the real story uh, from from your knot hole? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just completely perplexed and it, and it could be an all of the above uh, situation. Um, but you know, whatever it is, Matt, we know that um, we are not being protected by our military and by um, the guy in the Oval Office. So whatever it is, um, we're at serious risk. And by the way, 
the big issue here is that the Chinese can see this, the Russians can see it, the North Koreans, the Iranians, and God knows who else. And that means that somebody can try and take a bite out of us or our friends or allies. So, so let me ask a quick follow-up here. So was this all about getting information as it scanned different things across uh, the lower 48 and Alaska, or was this about just seeing how America would react to such a clear and transparent violation of our airspace? Yeah, yeah I think it's both. Uh, but the second thing is the more important for the Chinese because, um, you know, they have no other means to see that. Um, you know, the balloon was better at collecting, for instance, um, imagery than a satellite. But nonetheless, right. you know, you're talking about a difference of degree. But um, there is no other way for the Chinese to see how our national security establishment reacts, except by doing something and provoking an incident and seeing what we in fact do. And that was extremely valuable for them because they could see a failure on the part of the president and a failure on the part of the national security establishment, the Pentagon. Um, now I hope that we can just sort of um, repair this before someone makes a move against you us. You say repair this. What, what does the military have to do? What does this administration have to do uh, to set this on the right track? Um, the military, I think, needs to tighten its reporting up the chain to brief the commander in chief immediately rather than days late. We need to change those rules of engagement that we have in terms of shooting down hostile craft that approach um, the United States. And the, the most important thing, though, is the president. You know, the president on Monday told reporters that this incident, as bad as it was, would not change our relations with China. I mean, Basically, what Biden is saying is that the Chinese can engage in an incredibly um, provocative act, violating our airspace, even committing an act of war. And, and we wouldn't do anything about it, um, except for perhaps postponing the secretary of state's trip to Beijing, right. which is not a big deal. So we just need from top to bottom to work very fast to repair this. Uh, Gordon, obviously, uh, you're going to be at CPAC. You're going to have an important message. Um, it's just a month away. Uh, as we enter the beginning of March and uh, this important CPAC conference, where are we going to be vis-a-vis -vis China? I'm afraid that when a, even just with a month, we will have another provocation um, from China. I hope to God that we won't, um, but we have to assume that we will. General Mike Millihan, who is the yeah. chief of the Air Force's Air Mobility Command, uh, in a memo which was leaked on January 27th, said that his gut told him that we would be in a war with China, quote, in 2025. And at the time that was leaked, um, just late last month, people were saying, oh, that's really close. But after this balloon incident, I'm thinking that 2025 is a long way off. We're really talking 2023 or 2024. I hope to God it's not but we're not deterring China. Uh, let me ask you, the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal came out saying that the public deserves to know more about the episode. And it's one uncomfortable lesson is that the U.S. homeland is increasingly vulnerable. Uh, you know, do you think that Congress will step in and, and investigate and figure out what's going on? And I'm, again, we, we go back to this thing that, I mean, I think Americans are feeling less safe. And I'll tell you, we were having this conversation with a dear friend of ours who said, everybody's talking about the Chinese spy balloon. It has really, 
I think, hit a nerve with Americans on the fact that we are in a vulnerable state. Yeah, we are. We're vulnerable in our own country. Um, you know, maybe this is like October 1957 with Sputnik, which spurred the United States, um, not only in space, but also in education and in all sorts of areas to strengthen our society. I hope that we see how vulnerable we are, um, because right now um, we're a society which thinks we're at peace and we know the Chinese are rapidly preparing for war. And this is a recipe for national disaster. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's a it is a frightening time. And if we ever needed a president that projected strength, it's now. Um, uh, you know, Gordon, uh, we appreciate all you do to keep everybody informed and uh we're also going to be having Gordon give more briefings on what's really happening with our CPAC community because this is critical. Uh, yeah. So I think any final thoughts you have, uh, Gordon, in terms of uh, what we think, you know, as we're moving towards uh, trying to figure out how we handle the Chinese, the Chinese government, uh, what are your what would be your advice to the president? My advice to the president would be he's got to change completely his views on China. He, he doesn't call China even an adversary. Um, and he's trying desperately to talk to China when China is making it very clear that he will not, they will not deal with us in good faith. You know, my message would really be, look, the United States is a far stronger society than China right now for many reasons. But we can lose our country because they're assaulting us and we're not defending ourselves with the robustness and with the urgency that is necessary. You look at the Oval Office, you look at the top reaches of the Pentagon, there is just no sense of urgency. And we have to get that sense of urgency because every day counts. Gordon Chang, what a great and important message. Thank you for joining us on our show. Thank you, Matt. And we'll see you at CPAC. Uh, and Lydia, more importantly. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I know, I know. She's I'm, all of our boss. Yes, she is. I try to, I say, I'm, I tell Matt now, I want to be like Lydia to, to make sure uh, Matt can have a successful CPAC. <laughs> hey, hey, Matt, I got to give you some techniques for defense. Oh, boy. oh yeah. You and, I, you and I will talk. To uh, Lydia and I will run circles around both of you. Okay. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, remember, we've expanded to the podcast world, and you can listen to America Uncanceled with Matt and Mercedes Schlapp wherever you get your podcasts and get your tickets. They're going to sell out. We've got the best speakers coming to CPAC, all-star uh, speakers and panelists. CPAC is March 1st through the 4th. Go to cpac.org slash DC now and get your tickets.